Amen. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 to 17. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. The fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of Christ is in the earth, the savor of Christ. It's who we are. It's who we are called to be. It's what we are called to be. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, thanks be to God who leads us wherever we are on his own triumphant way. And makes our knowledge of him spread throughout the world like a lovely perfume. We Christians have the unmistakable scent of Christ. There is the unmistakable scent of Christ. Like a perfume fills a room. Like an odor, a scent an aroma, an essence. The text continues, we Christians have the unmistakable scent of Christ, discernible alike to those who are being saved and to those who are heading for death. Discernible, evident, noticeable, detectable, apparent, obvious, and distinct. And to whom is this scent, this fragrance, obvious? To whom is this scent, this fragrance, discernible? The Phillips New Testament. We Christians have the unmistakable scent of Christ, discernible alike to those who are being saved and to those who are heading for death. To the latter, it seems like the very smell of doom. To the former, it has the fresh fragrance of life itself. Now here's the reality of the matter. I don't know of a person that would have a problem with smelling like life. The freshness of life itself. I do, however, know that not many want to smell like death. 
like the very smell of doom. I've never known of one to head to the fragrance counter and say, hey, I'd take 100 mils of the death one. The one that makes you smell like death. You know, the fragrance of Christ is not to be messed with. It's not to be trifled with. It's not to be diluted. Is it possible that some try and mask it? Some try and dilute it and some even try and deny it? And if so, it is no longer the fragrance of Christ. For if I took a fragrance and tweaked notes out of it, the perfumer would never claim it as his own. Listen to the Amplified Bible. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter, it is the aroma wafted from death to death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. To the former, it is an aroma of life to life, a vital fragrance living and fresh. And who is qualified, fit, and sufficient for these things? Who is able for such a ministry? We. For we are not like so many, like hucksters making a trade of peddling God's word, shortchanging and adulterating the divine message, but like men of sincerity and the purest motive as commissioned and sent by God, we speak his message in Christ the Messiah in the very sight and presence of God. And so the question today, are you okay with smelling like death? Why would we try and mask the fragrance of Christ? Why would we seek to dilute it? Why would we ever deny it? Do you remember the situation with Peter prior to Jesus taking the cross? Matthew 26, verses 64 to 73, Jesus said to him, It is as you said, Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, he is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ. Who is the one who struck you? Now Peter sat outside the courtyard. And a servant girl came to him 
just a servant girl. Saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those, to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. The amplified version reads, One maid came up to him and said, You were also with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it falsely before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he had gone out to the porch, another maid saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This fellow was with Jesus, the Nazarene. And again he denied it and disowned him with an oath, saying, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, You certainly are one of them too, for even your accent betrays you. Then Peter began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not even know the man. And at that moment, a rooster crowed. Would it serve as a wake-up call? an alarm that would bring Peter back. I guess that day, that night, Peter didn't want to smell like Christ. Called out by a maid, a servant girl, and then by another girl, and then the bystanders. Was it fear? Was Peter afraid? Why this? There's Peter sitting out in the courtyard, and though he tried to go unnoticed, he couldn't mask the fragrance. He couldn't hide it. He tried, but he couldn't dilute it, and so what happens? He denies it. Listen to his words. I do not know what you are saying. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Verses 74 to 75, reading from the voice, cursing and swearing, Peter denied him again. Peter, I do not know him. As the exclamation left his mouth, a cock crowed. And Peter remembered. He remembered that Jesus had looked at him with something like pity and said, This very night, Before the cock crows in the morning, you will deny me three times. And Peter went outside, sat down on the ground, and wept.
What a night. You know, at least Peter realized what he had done. The King James Version, he went out and wept bitterly. Oh, that this would be the response of all who try and mask the fragrance, hide the fragrance, dilute the fragrance, deny the fragrance, that there would be tears of remorse and tears of repentance and tears of agony and tears of pain and tears of regret and tears of shame. Yet amidst those, tears of confession and tears of promise and tears that drop like vows into a bottle. For perhaps at that moment, Peter was remembering Psalm 56, 8. You number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. From that day forward, Peter was proud to smell like Christ. He never tried to mask it and hide it again. He never tried to dilute it again. And he never denied it again. You know, Peter wasn't a wishy-washy saint. He wasn't in the habit of masking and hiding and diluting and denying the fragrance of Christ. If we are, it's a day for repentance. But here's Peter, and there were plenty of times before that day, before that night, that he had indeed smelt like Christ. To one, the savor of death leading to death, and to another, the savor of life unto life. And I want to share these words with you today, for perhaps there is someone who needs to hear them. The words of David Wilkerson. Peter was the man who said he would never desert Jesus. Yet, not only did Peter deny he knew him, but he did it with a stream of profanities pouring from his mouth. And a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. Mark 14, 69 to 71. If you had been standing near the fire listening to Peter, you may have thought, is this the man who was on the Mount of Transfiguration? The one who laid hands on the sick and they recovered? The one entrusted with the keys to the kingdom? Listen to what's coming out of his mouth. How could he walk so intimately with the Lord and then blow up like this, lying, cursing, and denying him? It's all over for Peter. He might as well go back to the fishing nets. 
You'll never be heard of again. Had you run to the Lord exclaiming about Peter's cursing, he would have answered, Yes, Peter has failed me, but I know his heart. He's going to be on a hill in a few hours, weeping and coming back to me. In fact, he's on his way to Pentecost, to a life of ministry for me. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2.13 The actual Greek reading of this verse is, If we are faithless, yet he remains faithful. It is true that Peter was terribly unfaithful, but God remained faithful, and his eternal purpose in Peter's life was not thwarted. Why? Because God cannot deny who he is. No matter what you have been through this past year, God looks on your heart. If you have a broken and contrite spirit, He will be there for you. His eternal purpose, His eternal purpose for you will not be ruined because He will see it through. I wonder this morning, is there a Peter in the house? Climb that hill and weep and come back to Jesus. It's the way to Pentecost, to a life of service for Jesus. I mean, imagine if Peter never climbed that hill and never wept and never came back to Jesus. Back to our main text, the message paraphrase. In the Messiah in Christ... God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Wow. Through us, He brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation and aroma redolent with life. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anyone competent to take it on? No. But at least we don't take God's word, water it down, and then take it to the streets to sell it cheap. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. We get what we say straight from God and say it as honestly as we can. Don't water it down. Don't dilute the fragrance. This terrific responsibility, this great honor, this incredible privilege to smell like Christ. Think about it. You have a bottle of expensive, costly, fragrant perfume, a scent that is unmistakable, and you take it and water it down, and then you head out, take to the streets, 
and sell it cheap. A cheap gospel, a cheap grace, a fragrance that is not the pure fragrance of Christ, a cheap, watered-down, diluted version of the real thing. Why? Failing Christ. And we must remember that it's not only the people that are smelling the fragrance, it's the Lord. The King James Version says, For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. Matthew 26, verses 6 to 10. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. You know, take this as you will today, but perhaps you'll hear the Spirit of the Lord speak. The Passion Translation, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask filled with expensive, fragrant oil. She came right to Jesus, and in a lavish gesture of devotion, she poured out the costly oil, and it cascaded over his head as he was at the table. Here's this woman, and she comes into the house, and the truth is, she shouldn't have been in there. She was not supposed to be in there. If she wanted to go unnoticed, slip into the house and go unnoticed, what she does next seems preposterous and insane. She comes up to Jesus and pours out the very costly fragrant oil, not a drop, not a third, every drop, till all that remained was an empty flask. And what of the account in the book of John? John 12, beginning at verse 1, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, where Lazarus was, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those that sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. The New Century Version says very expensive perfume made from pure nard. She took it and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why this fragrant oil? Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, 
But because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it, that Jesus said, let her alone. What did that fragrance smell like to Judas that day? While the fragrance smelt like life leading to life to the one, Jesus, all Judas could smell was death leading to death. Why? The fragrance exposed the reality that he was the one who smelt like death. Jesus said, let her alone. The fragrance of Christ. Don't mask it. Don't hide it. Don't dilute it. Don't deny it. It's who we are now. It's who we are called to be. It's what we are called to be. We are the fragrance, a fragrance in the hand of another now. Yes, through us, these jars that we are, these flasks empty in and of ourselves. The Lord is using to diffuse the fragrance of Christ's knowledge in every place. We can have the worship team return today. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. What a responsibility. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. To sum it all up, sometimes we smell like life and sometimes we smell like death. And this is all right as long as we smell like Christ. Have we failed the Lord? Have you failed the Lord? Like Peter, no, not some wishy-washy saint, you failed the Lord for whatever reason. By His grace, if you will take to a hill and weep, you may yet find your way to Pentecost. His purpose for you is not thwarted. For the truth remains that a broken heart and a contrite spirit he has yet to deny. 
Psalm 51:17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. In the Passion Translation, the fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I bow down humbly at your feet. The woman who came in and poured out the very costly, very fragrant perfume. The spike nard that sparked controversy. Why the waste? Why so fragrant? Rather, why not? It's like anointing being poured on the king and there's no hesitation and no dilution and no holding back for fear or reservation. You say, this has nothing to do with smelling like Christ. Are you sure? The truth is this, surrender and sacrifice like this to this extent and without fear of man, always smells like Christ. This worship, abandonment, and honor, perhaps rare in the earth today. Yet Jesus said, people will always hear of this. Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Don't mask the fragrance. Don't spray self with another odor for whatever reason. So to mask the fragrance of Christ. I thought about it this week. You know, maybe we are embarrassed. Like a young person or self-conscious. Or we don't want to draw attention to the fact that we are Jesus freaks. You know, the altar may serve as your hill today. Climbing out of a seat and climbing your way down to the altar to weep and come back to Him. Perhaps we failed the Lord, but He sees our hearts. And the call is to be the fragrance the fragrance of Christ in the earth. He's using us. He wants to use you. The question is, will you allow him to? The Knox Bible. I give thanks to God that he is always exhibiting us as the captives in the triumph of Christ Jesus. And through us spreading abroad everywhere like a perfume, the knowledge of himself. We are Christ's incense offered to God, making manifest both those who are achieving salvation and those who are on the road to ruin. 
as a deadly fume where it finds death, as a life-giving perfume where it finds life. Who can prove himself worthy of such a calling? We do not, like so many others, adulterate the Word of God. We preach it in all its purity as God gave it to us, standing before God's presence in Christ. Let's stand today, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.